0: Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. Today, we're going to talk about the skyrocketing price of gas and efforts to get Americans some relief, including ideas to maybe suspend the gas tax. Ted good of Crain's Detroit Business will join to talk about what's happening here in Michigan as well. Then we're going to talk about auto insurance reform and the $400 per car that Michiganders are expecting in rebates. Was it enough to justify the sacrifices made in the insurance reform bill? That's all next on Detroit Today, right after the news from NPR.
1: Detroit Today is supported by Michigan School of Psychology in Farmington Hills educating psychologists today who will transform our world tomorrow learn more at msp.edu
0: Good day and welcome to Detroit today on 1019 WDET I'm Stephen Henderson As always, thanks for tuning in. Have you filled up your gas tank lately and noticed something a little different about how fast the numbers go flying by on that display? Gas prices have been rising for some time in our country, and they are now skyrocketing since the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the implementation of sanctions meant to hold Vladimir Putin accountable for his invasion. Americans are paying a big price for all of that right now. All of us are pouring more money into our gas tanks, pouring more money into our cars. And to help ease that burden, public officials are starting to talk about ways to back the price down. One of those ideas is to suspend gas taxes. There are calls on Congress to implement a federal gas tax holiday, which would save drivers 18 cents a gallon. And there's legislation in Lansing to suspend Michigan's 27 cent per gallon gas tax as well. You put those two things together and that would actually amount to significant relief. Governor Whitmer has indicated, though, that she would likely veto a suspension of Michigan's gas tax, and there are others who say that this is just bad policy, that yes, gas is expensive, yes, we are going to endure the consequences of our sanctions on Russia, but suspending gas taxes is not the way to put more money in people's wallets. So what is the solution? What are some ideas to deal with this? That's where we begin the conversation today. And here to talk about what's happening at the pump and what suspending gas taxes could mean is Crain's Detroit Business Senior Editor for Politics and Policy, Chad Livengood. Chad, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. So I want to go back just a little bit to begin today and talk about Why gas prices are so high right now. We know that the Russian invasion of Ukraine is one of the drivers, but gas prices have been going up for some time, and I'm certainly seeing some of my friends in the GOP trot out charts that suggest gas prices started rising when Joe Biden, a Democrat, was elected to be president and took office. So let's go back to when this began and why.
2: Well, a lot of it is just the the simple rules of supply and demand, and uh, and demand was down. Uh, in part uh, because of 2020, uh, when none of us were traveling as much and uh, fewer of us were driving to work every day. Uh, and so oil companies responded in kind by, by lowering their production. And, and that has continued as, more, as many of us continue to work from home. We're not traveling as much. And we're starting to do more now, uh, now that the uh, Omicron uh, variant of the COVID-19 uh, virus has, has kind of uh, subsided. Um, But, you know, in general, uh, production was, was down and, and then, and then, and then there's there's more transformational things going on in, in what we're consuming as far as energy. Um, more and more vehicles are being powered by electric uh, batteries and uh, or natural gas powered uh, um, uh, engines instead of uh, your traditional uh, uh, oil um, uh, and, and gasoline uh, mix. And so so there's there's consumption changes going on and and um, and consumer use and then production. Um, is different uh, or than it was, um, you know, four years ago. OPEC uh, nations are are uh, um, drilling and producing less oil than they were during the Trump administration, and so there's there's a whole bunch of global factors uh, that are that are changing um, uh, in, in in driving the price of of, uh, of a barrel of oil right now.
0: And this Russian invasion, of course is an accelerant to all of those factors. I mean, things have gotten much, much worse in a compressed period of time. But uh, talk for a second about the broader economic implications of soaring gas prices, especially the kinds of spikes that we've seen since the Russian invasion. This is really putting a pinch on people's wallets, but there are other parts of the economy that are affected as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you think about uh, there are petroleum products and just all kinds of things. I mean, uh, that we use. Obviously, uh, we 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 as Americans consume a lot of plastic uh, and use a lot of plastic. Uh, uh, but it's also affecting uh, our auto suppliers right now in in Michigan that. Uh, uh, that make plastic components for automobiles and and for airplanes and for medical device companies and and and, and all the sorts. Um, and so that is that is adding additional uh, pressure to the economy um, and to the cost of things. Uh, we already are already were facing seven eight percent inflation this year um, before we before gas uh, uh, topped four dollars a gallon. And so this obviously will add. Um, uh, more pressure to that. Um, The cost of transportation uh, of goods, which has already been hampered by short labor shortages in, in truck drivers uh, and, you know, in a blockade we had uh, just a few weeks ago uh, at the ambassador bridge and on the Windsor side, um, that those prices, the prices of moving goods was were already exponentially higher than they were a year two or three years ago. Um, and now you add in the fuel costs and, and that puts even more pressure uh, on um, and uh, on both uh, on all all ends of the supply chain uh, as far as the movement of goods uh, parts and um, and for us uh, for Michigan, finished vehicles uh, and the cost of getting a getting a car. Uh, from from uh, from the Jefferson North, uh, getting a Dodge Durango from Jefferson North to a dealership uh, in Tampa, uh, Florida, uh, has has gone up uh, significantly, and that will that'll add more pressure to the bottom line of auto dealers and the automakers, uh, and uh, and everybody in between uh, that that makes them it makes a dollar off that uh, that Dodge Durango. Mm.
0: I'm talking with Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor for politics and policy at Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about the sticker shock that we're all experiencing at the pump right now. Gas prices are through the roof since the Russian invasion of Ukraine uh, also have been rising steadily for some time. We're talking about the efforts to bring Americans a little bit of relief, both from Washington And Lansing, uh, we want to hear from you as well. Give us a call. Tell us how these high gas prices are affecting you. Uh, Are you having trouble even filling up your tank, being able to come up with the money to drive the way that you normally do? Or are you somebody who is scaling back the amount that you drive, trying to drive less, trying to find other ways to get around? Of course, always a challenge in Metro Detroit because of our Really shoddy public transit system. Uh, also, give us a sense of whether this is causing you to think about other kinds of lifestyle changes. Are you somebody who's maybe thinking about electric vehicles as opposed to ones run by the internal combustion engine? Uh, is this enough to drive you away from gasoline for good? Uh, also, give us a sense of what you think of these ideas to suspend the federal gas tax or the state gas tax or both in order to give us all some relief at the pump? Do you think that's good policy? Do you think those are temporary solutions that we could put into place? Uh, Or do you think that that's bad policy, that uh, it's just not a good idea to withdraw those those monies from the Treasuries in Lansing and Washington. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag DetroitToday, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, uh, Chad, before we get to listeners, I want, want to talk about these ideas to suspend the gas tax, both in Washington and in Washington. And in Lansing, Governor Whitmer says she doesn't think it's a good idea and she'll likely veto the legislation if it passes. Tell us why.
2: Yeah, so uh, Michigan has a, a per uh, gallon uh, ga- a tax on gasoline and, f- and diesel fuel, it's 27 cents, as people might recall. Went off about 7 cents a gallon back in um 2017 uh this was part of the road funding plan the legislature put together um back in 2015 um that raised the uh, the fuel taxes to both be at 27 cents a gallon for the longest time we had a 19 cents a gallon uh, gas tax and a 14 cent a gallon um, diesel tax, and this was known as diesel parity to bring them in uh, in line. And uh, it actually inched up one cent last this this year because of of inflation that they built in for the first time ever an inflationary index in the price of gasoline or in the tax on gasoline, so that it would go up um, with inflation. Because the problem is we've had a, a, a gas tax in this state that has been um, uh, losing value you every single year um that 19 cents was in place since 1998 and, and um it in it and in today's numbers that 19 cents should be like 36 38 cents a gallon but uh nonetheless um governor Whitmer is is opposing this proposal that uh that has already passed the uh uh, Republican House and it's probably going to get a vote in the Senate as soon as tomorrow um, uh, because it would blow a $725 million hole in the state's transportation uh, funding uh, um, um. Uh, fund and and so that's 725 million dollars less money this fiscal year for uh, repaving roads and and, and rebuilding bridges, um, adding to the you know this, the, the debate we've had for years in this state that we are already underfunding our roads. By all estimations, we are, we are not we are underfunding roads by two billion dollars. Um, so you can kind of imagine what it's would two happen billion
0: dollars every year too it's every not, year yes. yes every year too <laughs> yes right.
2: Yeah, it's it's a significant amount of money that we are not putting into our roads, and 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 you you can find that evidence of that by drive, driving driving any of the mile roads in the, in the suburbs or or drive on mound right now in Detroit, um, and and or a lot of other roads. I mean, we um, and, and and right now we're at twenty six percent of all roads are con- considered in good condition. And um, 46% roughly of roads are considered in fair condition. And so what happens every year is, um, uh, this is sort of science, um, fair condition roads become poor condition roads. And we can't, uh, basically based on our current funding system, um, uh, we cannot keep up with the amount of fair condition roads that are mm-hmm. that are turning poor every year. Um, every, I mean, there are, is there's plenty of barrels out there, and uh, and you know, I know there's be some listeners that will say, well, they're widening I seventy five. They make money for that. That's so that kind of a different a can of worms. But um, but just in the general um roads that you drive on every day uh to get to work to to school to to uh uh to the the daycare to the to the store um those county roads in particular local roads city city streets um they're the ones that are in worse condition um and than, than any other uh sort of sets of roads in our state and that is because we simply just have built a state we, we are not uh, paying for uh, anymore as far as maintaining and keeping up. And so that's one of the, that's one of the big reasons why you know suspending uh, the gas tax for six months um, is not a really great idea. Um, now the, the, there is, on the other hand, there is money laying around Lansing right now uh, federal stimulus money mm-hmm. and surplus tax revenue from income and sales tax from, um, from all those stimulus checks in twenty and twenty twenty 2020 and twenty twenty one, generated a lot new, a lot, lot more sales tax than ever um, you know seen before. Right. Um, above b- budgets, there are several billions of dollars available. That if the legislature and the governor wanted to you know, suspend the gas tax, they could they could just appropriate money from the general fund. Uh, and backfill the uh, the transportation fund, and then MDOT and and every all the cities and county road commissions they would uh, they wouldn't lose a cent. Um, but that's an appropriations um, decision that has to be negotiated uh, between uh, the House, the Senate, and and the governor uh, in order to happen. The other thing that's going on here in Lansing is that that the legislature also sent the governor a 2.5 billion dollar income tax cut, mm-hmm. um, uh, both in cutting the rate and uh, creating a child tax credit and boosting the the the, uh, the minimum deduction for seniors so they could write off much of their pensions uh, income. And and so that bill is also sitting at the governor's desk. She has till Monday to 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 sign or veto it. She's she's already signaled she's going to veto it. So the, the, and so you know, then you can ask a question. Well, um, can we really afford a three point two five billion dollar tax cut? Like, is that sustainable? And the answer um, in, in a word is no, uh, we don't, we, we have a surplus right now, but it's not a reoccurring surplus right. um, that's growing the state uh, coffers year over year. It's, it's a lot of one-time money again, from, from stimulus checks and, and, and uh, unemployment checks and such that people got for a couple of years that um, that pumped money into the, into the economy, but it's not um year-over-year uh, year revenue growth. And so so we're kind of at a point where the legislature is back to debating road funding. And that's probably a good thing, Stephen, because um, because uh, since the governor kind of gave up, remember, you might just kind of peel back and remember, uh, winter of 2019, mm-hmm. Governor Whitmer, one of big huge policy proposal right out of the gate was proposed a 45 cent uh, um, gas tax increase. And uh, it was, for, you know, to help um, pay for roads, right, to help pay for roads. Yeah. And to generate that $2 billion that that and close that gap and that $2 billion, by the way, if we spent $2 billion a year for the next seven years, we would get to uh, the, the MDOT says we would get to 50% um, of good roads, wow. uh, 50%. We're not, we're not, we're not even anywhere in the ballpark of, 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 of two thirds or uh, three quarters of the roads being in good condition. So um, that, that's, that's just how far behind we are. Um, and, and so then Governor Whitmer um, struck out on the, on the gas tax increase and we had the big, budget showdown in, in the fall of 2019, she vetoed uh bill spending bills and, um, and, and eventually they, they got things back together, but then the governor went and, and uh, I, I, what I have, 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 you know, she calls it, you know, fix the damn roads. And, and I, I call this uh, get out the damn credit card, um, which is what the, what the governor did. She went, she went and used the, the state's bonding capacity to borrow $3.5 billion dollars, to pump into um, state highways and state trunk line roads like Michigan Avenue, Woodward, um, any road that has an M or a U.S. or an I on it. Um, but that, again, that, that money couldn't go to, to local roads, which we, we, we can see every day are, are suffering more than the freeway system. And so the governor, you know, this is this is this was the governor's way of, of fulfilling her campaign pledge. She has put in three and a half billion dollars into, into roads um, through next year. Um, but again, the, after next summer that money goes away. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're going to owe 5.1 billion with interest um, over the next 20, 30 years. Um, and this is how we have basically been fixing roads um, for the last um, uh, 30 years in the state. Governors Ingler and Granholm, they borrowed billions of dollars as well. Um, and, and governor Snyder and still governor Whitmer are in this legislature are still paying off debts from the Granholm, uh, uh, uh bonding programs. So sure. um the, the credit card um, approach to um to road funding is is sort of um is how we've we've band-aided along here for many years. Yeah,
0: yeah. When we come back, we are gonna continue this conversation with Chad Live and Good of Trains Detroit Business about gas taxes and the skyrocketing price of gas at the pumps. Uh, We'll also get to your calls and your social media comments. Ryan and John on the east side, Zoe and Ferndale, Jessica in Detroit will be up first. On the phones, if you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
1: Bringing you news that matters.
0: Stories that impact your life.
1: Music from the Motor City and around the world. This is 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station.
0: You're listening to this Right Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you're old enough, you remember when you used to pull up to the pump at the gas station, you would drive over a little sensor that would ring a bell inside the station so that uh, the attendants knew you were there. The other day, when I was filling up my car, I imagined that that sensor could be reinstalled, and instead of the dinging bell, they might have a ringing cash register noise uh, because of the skyrocketing price of gas at the pumps. Everyone, I think, is watching those numbers fly by faster and go higher than they were just a few weeks ago. Uh, The truth is, the price of gas has been going up for quite some time. We're talking with Chad Livengood of Cranes Detroit Business about why that's true and about some of the ideas to give Americans and Michiganders some relief. There is talk in Washington of suspending the $0.18 cent per gallon federal gas tax. And in the legislature in Lansing, they are thinking about suspending Michigan's $0.20 cent per gallon uh, gas tax as well. Governor Whitner has said she will likely veto that, that legislation. She does not think it's a good idea to pull that money out of the Treasury. We want to hear from you as well during the conversation about what you think about these ideas, what you think about the sticker shock you're experiencing at the pump. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there, and we can include you in the conversation that way. We have a lot of folks queued up uh, to talk about this. I want to read a couple of social media comments uh, to get us started. Uh, Professor Reitmer on th- on Twitter writes, uh, lifting the taxes would necessarily decrease prices. The assumption is that the dealers would lower prices. There is nothing keeping them from keeping prices at the same level. Uh, Big Neo on Twitter writes, I had to call off doing rideshare to make extra money. I'll have to look more closely into it, but it looks like The extra that I was making will be absorbed by the higher gas prices. Add that to the taxes on the earnings, and it might not be worth it anymore. A really good example of how, for each of us, this is a very personal matter about our finances. Steve on Twitter uh, says, What a privileged take in response to um, Michigan Goose, who is saying, or Detroit Goose on Twitter Who says, uh, I'm happy to see prices increase. We've had artificially low prices for too long. Too many people buying trucks and SUVs without need. The pinch will force investment in renewable energy sources. Win-win for democracy and the environment. Uh, Steve on Twitter doesn't like that take again. Thinks it's a privileged one. He says this will further hurt working people. And to then be happy about uh, others suffering, there are solutions that don't target the working class. He says, set a cap on oil companies' profits and redistribute that to the people. That's a pretty radical idea. I'm not sure how well that'd go over in Washington. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter, and uh, we can include you in the in the conversation that way. Let's start today with Zoe in Ferndale. Zoe, what's on your mind?
1: Hey, good morning, Stephen, Chad. Um my thoughts on this gas tax holiday is it's just bad policy. I mean, it's a pretty small part of the price of a gallon of gas, and I kind of agree with that commenter on Twitter that the price of gas has been artificially deflated for years. We're not really recognizing the impacts of having these super large vehicles that tear up the roads more and more. EVs aren't going to solve it. They're just getting heavier. And the idea that a gas tax holiday is going to be the ideal way to help working people, I mean, the price of food is up. The price of everything is up. There has to be better ways to help people who maybe aren't driving everywhere because they can't afford all the costs that come with a car. So gas tax holiday, not a great idea. I'm more for more targeted at people who are actually suffering instead of folks who, you know, are getting hit hard by this gas tax because, like someone said, they bought vehicles that are much bigger than what they actually need.
0: Mm -hmm. Zoe, uh, really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Really great insight there. Let's go next to Ryan on the east side. Ryan, what's on your mind?
3: Good morning, Steve. So um, what what I wanted to put out, I guess, kind of as a PSA, is that uh, I save about a dollar per gallon on gas, um, and that is through the Kroger Fuel Points uh, program. So every time I fill up, I save thirty-five gallons. I've got about ten thousand fuel points, that equates to about three hundred fifty dollars in savings over the course of a month, mm. and that's if I fill up ten times. Mm. Um, I wanted to say that the gas tax moratorium, I, I would love to see it. But we've got to figure out ways to, to save money regardless of what what the governor or government may do. Again, we've got the fuel points. We've got electric vehicles, which in, in almost every aspect are better for the environment, are better for your pocketbook. They're just all around better for the, the general uh, consensus uh, versus a, an internal combustion engine. There's less maintenance. Uh, they they tend to not break down they have fewer parts than they actually break down they literally don't have a transmission and that is what goes out a lot, on a lot of people's cars one of the first things that go go out so we we really got to get around you know this reliance on fossil fuels because it, it's literally killing our atmosphere and in turn probably killing us yeah. and we we've, we've got to get away from that because until we do that we're 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 at a loss, and I really wish that we would stop complaining about gas prices and figure out a way to circumvent
0: the gas. Mm. Get get yourself an electric vehicle, Ryan. And I, you don't have- I, I I really appreciate the call and uh, and the insights there, uh, Chad. It's two people uh, both saying that this effort to suspend. The gas tax doesn't make a lot of sense here in Michigan. But one thing that's kind of interesting about the conversation we're having is that uh, the governor is calling on a suspension of the federal gas tax, uh, but saying, of course, that she'd veto the bill to do the same here in Michigan. Uh, Spend a little time talking about that discrepancy.
2: Yeah, it's always more politically easy to ask someone else to take a hit in their revenue <laughs> than you. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, and that, that's that's the long and short of it. I mean, the governor and several other Democratic governors have, have uh, sent letters to uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and such saying I mean, we, we should suspend the uh, federal gas tax till the end of the year. Um, uh, michigan congressman uh, dan kildy and uh senate uh, senator uh, debbie Stabenow are both co-sponsoring the uh, bills to do it do as much um, and use the uh almost seemingly endless federal treasury to sort of uh bail out the highway trust fund for the rest of the year um and and I mean, one thing people also might be asking, what about that infrastructure bill, that that billion dollar infrastructure bill that the uh, Congress just passed? Um, For Michigan, for roads, for just straight up money for traditional money to go into federally funded roads, which are typically just your highways and your main thoroughfares, it's about $340 million a year or more for Michigan over the next five years. So kind of go back to that math we talked about at the beginning of the show. We're $2 billion short just to get to good 50% of good roads um, this gas tax holiday for the state would be 725 million less for this year. Um, and, and what, what you know, what if we had permanent $4 a gallon gas? Can you imagine the politics if, um, uh, that, uh, we should just, people would say we should just not have gas tax at all mm-hmm. now, um, one other thing here I want to kind of bring up, uh, in sort of the taxation of gasoline that I think is important for people to know is yes, you have that, uh, that 27 cents, uh, from the state, you have the 18 cents for the federal government. And then there is the 6% sales tax on gasoline and diesel fuel. And, um, almost hundred percent of that does not go to the roads. Um, it instead goes to, um, mostly goes to schools, a portion goes to cities, uh, and a very small sliver goes to the general fund. Mm Uh, so the money the cities get in revenue sharing, they could put that into city streets, but, um, but for the most part, um, it doesn't go to directly to roads at all, and and that is one of the biggest uh, complaints uh, and, and political fights about um, road funding and and taxes on gasoline is that now we're at four dollars twenty five cents statewide average, um, a good twenty five cents of that is is being siphoned off at the pump, literally, um, and sent to uh, things that don't pay for for fixing the darn roads. And um, the problem with this is, is repealing the sales tax on gasoline um, is a billion-dollar hit to the school aid fund. Uh, and nobody has got the political will to do that, mm. and nobody has the political will to replace that with some other revenue source. We tried to do that in the state in uh, in a statewide ballot initiative back in 2015 uh, when the legislature asked uh, the voters of the state to, to increase the sales tax by right. one penny uh, per dollar um, in order to, in this very complicated um, um, scheme, to come up with that $2 billion a year. We would have we would have had that money um, more for roads um, and remove the sales tax from gasoline, increase the gas tax to be basically the same tax we pay now effectively um, with that sales tax. It was like an equivalency uh, proposal and then replace the revenue lost to schools and cities with that that one cent uh, sales tax increase. The voters of this state, um, gave that a resounding a hell no um, uh, vote. It, it it got about twenty two percent yes. It was right. the it was the biggest thumping uh, of a constitutional amendment that we've ever we've seen in a generation. And so um, we've kind of had that debate. Um, and we've not solved that issue um for people, and that's really a big hang up for people when they find out that that one quarter of their four dollar and twenty five cents uh, is is going to uh to pay for something other than roads, yeah, yeah
0: again, three one three five seven seven one oh one nine is the number here on the phones three one three five seven seven one oh one nine you can also go to Facebook. Or Twitter, put comments there and uh, we can include you in the conversation that way. Let's go next to Jessica in Detroit. Jessica, welcome to the program.
1: Hello, good morning. Thanks Hi. for having me on. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say first that the last caller was like right on. I totally support everything he was saying. Um, he said it so eloquently about stopping to complain about the gas taxes and just find a way to circumvent the gas. But also, I wanted to say that. Without the gas tax, we could keep on having the worst roads in the country. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just feel like as human beings, we're just so capable. We're so creative. And I think we can find a better solution. And this maybe is a good opportunity to move faster to finding a better solution that's better for our air, healthier for our lungs, for our mm. children. I mean, it's like that we're, we're using antiquated technology still.
0: You know, let's let's move on. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jessica, I really appreciate that point of view, and and I think the whole idea of trying to adapt to deal with these higher prices, rather than expect that policymakers will do something radical to make it different, it, it, it is a difficulty right now. I think it's it's really hard in general right now to get Americans to think about adapting or sacrifice, partially because of the tremendous sacrifices that people were asked to make over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. But but I also think there's something in our culture right now that speaks to the difficulty of making these kinds of choices, making choices that maybe make life a little bit more difficult for us, but serve a a different, a different purpose. I think the sell on that has uh, has gone up quite a bit uh, in the last few years. Again, Jessica, really appreciate the call and the comments. Um, let's go to Maryland in Oak Park, Maryland. Welcome to the show. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Um, uh, pe- people who leave their
1: vehicle. Uh, running anywhere from 10 to 45 or even longer minutes while they browse through a store, have no business pissing and moaning about gas prices. This also goes for the numb who think they have to warm up their huge vehicles until there's not one ice crystal left on the surface. <laughs> I do favor um, Zoe's suggestion to cap, <clears throat> cap the prices on gas, but then again, I, I still believe in Santa Claus.
0: <laughs> Marilyn, uh, I really appreciate the the call and uh, and the comments. Uh, let's go to Joe in Rochester Hills. Joe, welcome to the show.
4: Hey Stephen, good morning. Hi. Hey, uh, yeah, just uh, this to me. This is just another another uh, bait and switch from the Republicans. You know, I mean, why is this even on the table? I mean, I'm right. I'm driving right now. I mean, I'm avoiding all the potholes. Of course, you know. I mean, they're not, and they want to cut the tax, you know, that helps us fix this stuff, which doesn't happen anyway. I mean, it's, the problem is uh, we're, we're back to big oil, um, you know, and campaigns to have us talk about not the problem but something else. They're going to use this at the end of the year in the elections. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Coates brothers are still operating in Russia. Um, I mean, and if you, if you really look at it um, – The oil infrastructure, our refining capabilities in the U.S. have all been geared for heavy oil. So that's a huge part uh, of the pricing problem is uh, the oil companies made the wrong bet. We have all kind of light crude available in this country, but we can't process it because the oil companies and and the refineries made made the bad move. That's their problem. But as usual, us, the taxpayers... We get to pay the bill for all, the, all of private industry.
0: Sure, sure. Joe, uh, really appreciate the, the call and, and the insights there. Uh, let's quickly take Anthony in southwest Detroit. Anthony, welcome to the show. Morning, Stephen. Um, I personally
4: don't think we – I don't support the sanctions on Russia that were just levied, and I really don't support any sanctions the United States has on any country, and there's probably at least 18 right now. And uh, I think that would positively affect the fuel prices, especially because these things hurt the civilian populations in each country. We place them on more than anything.
0: Mm. So, so, Anthony, that's an interesting, that's a really interesting approach to all of this. Tell I mean, me what you would do instead of sanctions, I guess, to, to, uh, to meet consequences out for a country like Russia that's now invading another nation.
1: Well, it is. But,
4: uh, to, you know, I, I don't really fall on the same opinion that what they're doing is entirely I, I don't support military action in general. You should know that. But I I, I understand why they're doing what they're doing, because if uh, you, you saw what happened for eight years previous, you'd understand why Putin's doing what he's doing. But
0: uh, why no, he's invading another country. And,
4: yeah. yeah. Most people think you just woke up and had a bad day and they haven't acknowledged the United States involvement in this. So that's why mm. I don't support the sanctions.
0: Mm. Well, Anthony, that's not a that's not an opinion I share, and I certainly don't think that the people of of Ukraine uh, <laughs> would agree with that that point of view either. But uh, I do appreciate the call and uh, the comments, uh, Chad. Before we end this conversation, give me a sense of how this plays out politically in Lansing, quickly uh, as we get closer to the governor's reelection campaign the the legislative campaigns that will take place will this end up being i guess an issue in in the fall um i would say the pocketbook issues in general are going to be in uh the issue of this campaign
2: and that's why you've seen uh governor Whitmer kind of try to pivot towards that i mean she's out talking about Every day about the $400 uh, of vehicle refund checks coming from the state's injured drivers fund that people should get before the first before May 9th, and she's taught, she's you know been she made a proposal for. The pension tax exemption and and she wants to uh, boost the earned income tax credit uh, for low-income families uh, and then the republicans have set, come up with their own tax plan and say hey let's just slash the income tax rate um and and let now let's, let's suspend the gas tax uh never mind whether we can forward all this long-term. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think this is going to become the issue. And what, to one of your uh, previous caller's point about new technologies and new ways of thinking about this, uh, there is a study underway that MDOT's had underway for like two years now looking at tolling technology mm-hmm. and, um, and looking at other states that are that are starting to charge you um, different tolls based on if you're in the high occupancy vehicle uh, lane, uh, you get get a discount for for, for driving with with, uh, a carpool um, versus uh, being a single passenger. And um, they're looking at this because at the end of the day, with electric vehicles coming at a much higher, faster acceleration right now, um, the gas taxes in general are dying taxes. Uh, in, in 2017, uh, gas tax was $1.1 billion in revenue. In the last year, even though driving was down a little bit still, it was billion in revenue. Uh, It is not sustainable over time to maintain our, our transportation network uh, with this source of revenue. And so um, maybe it's time to start looking at different ways that we fund roads. So we're less dependent on people consuming more and more and more, gasoline um every year and and, and that that that's the larger debate whether whether our political leaders are going to take time to have that debate um, uh, i would doubt it uh in, in an election year but it's it's the one that i think the uh uh the pol- long-term policymakers and the citizens of the state need to start thinking about
0: coming up next we are going to continue talking about roads and transportation and cars in particular we're going to talk about the $400 rebates that Michiganders are now anticipating as part of the auto insurance reform what is that $400 about is it sufficient to offset the sacrifices we made in the auto insurance reform bill and I guess what are you going to do with the money when you get it stay with us for more Detroit Today this is Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Chad Livengood, senior editor for politics and policy at Crane's Detroit Business. We have been talking about skyrocketing gas prices, the efforts to maybe suspend the gas tax, uh, and other ways to think of bringing some financial relief to Americans. I want to pivot just a little bit now and talk about the $400 per car that Michiganders are expecting in rebates. This is part of the massive auto insurance reform bill of a few years ago. It is, for some people, going to be the first relief that they've gotten, uh, from insurance uh, premiums in in Michigan, uh, Chad, uh, tell us what's happening with these four hundred dollar checks. Uh, who's getting them, and why?
2: Yeah, so we are. Uh, our every driver in the state who ha- who is insured and carry insurance pays a fee. Every uh, six months, as part of their uh, insurance policies, into what is called the, the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, uh, the MCCA, and the MCCA is an is an entity created by the legislature that uh, is governed by insurance uh, companies, and it is essentially the trust fund for t- the long term care of injured drivers, and um, and so it pays for all the expenses. Uh, medical expenses, um, uh, housing, um, and other things that that uh, people who are really really terrible car accidents need, uh, if they if their um, medical bills exceed uh, five hundred eighty thousand dollars, and so there's about eighteen thousand drivers. Uh, many are paralyzed or are on ventilators uh, who get their long term care. Uh, Paid for by this fund, and this is the kind of the the cornerstone of Michigan's uh, unique auto insurance law. In other states, uh, you typically end up in Medicaid and you live in a nursing home. Um, And in Michigan, uh, we have a fund that will pay to modify your house and pay you for up to three years of lost wages And then it will pay for someone to uh, work in your house uh, to to care for you. And so as a result of the of the 2019 uh, auto insurance law, we the legislature capped the payments to Mm -hmm. those home health care companies at 55% of what they were charging in January of 2019. And to, to do so, uh, or in doing so, um, they significantly lowered the, um, the cost um, annually and the long-term liability um, for the MCCA fund, um, and that has generated a um, what is described as a surplus, um, and uh, the surplus is kind of in debate about how much it exactly is because uh, we don't actually have a full view of the of the MCCA's books, but um, uh, at, uh, this refund is being paid for by the surplus generated from the cost savings and cost controls uh, that were put in place in the law. And it's generating $3 billion. And uh, the MCCA has transferred this money to the insurance companies. There's about a hundred or 120 some uh, companies, large and small that sell auto insurance in the state uh, from AAA and state farm down to um, some small little entities. uh, you'd never heard of uh, Mm -hmm. that um, might have just a few, Dozen um, uh, motorists in one city, and and so those companies then have to to make send out these refund checks, um, and they have to be checks; they can't be credits to accounts. Um, right. It was very specific, so um, so yeah, people should be getting uh, if they were insured on October thirty first of last year, um, and and um, they should be getting a four hundred dollar refund. Uh, from the uh, from the injured drivers
0: and fund. is it is it four hundred dollars per policy? Is it four hundred dollars per car? What is the Way there for for the car. Year. Yep, per, per car. vehicle. Yep. Yeah, because everyone
2: right. gets assessed per vehicle. Per so vehicle. if you yeah. if you own one vehicle for a family of five, or you own five vehicles for a family of five, you're going to get a, a check per vehicle based on if you are carrying insurance. And I, right. I know some point. people that didn't have insurance at that at that time, and they just realized they're not going to get the check. Um, right. But that's that's the name of the game here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: 577 is the number here on the phones. Call and tell us what you think of these $400 checks that uh, are rebates, essentially, uh, from our insurance premiums. I want to go to Alberta in Detroit, Alberta, Tinsley Talabi, former Detroit City Councilwoman, former state legislator, uh, close friend of the show. Alberta, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, and thank you, hey. Chef,
3: for being real quickly. Uh-huh. Um, it appears to me that Detroiters, should be receiving far over four hundred dollars. How can you make that universal for everyone in the state of Michigan when we know that Detroiters were paying sometimes five times what mm. others were paying paying across the state. Yeah. I mean uh, Amen, Alberta.
0: I mean I I absolutely agree with you that uh, the idea that this is not normed in some way doesn't make sense to me. And and there are other things about the auto insurance reform, of course, that, that I have real issue with in terms of what we're getting in Detroit versus what's happening in other places. Chad, though, talk about why it's $400 standard instead of accounting for how much uh, people pay in ju- different jurisdictions for their insurance. I've only got about a minute and a half left, though, Chad.
2: Yeah, well, we can't get we can't explain territorial pricing completely in 90 <laughs> right. seconds, but but basically um Detroiters are charged more based on claims, and this is a, a refund on a fee that everyone pays, a standard fee. It was before the reform, it was $220 a vehicle. Now it's like $86 a vehicle that you pay annually. And um, and it's been reduced dramatically because uh the uh, payments that they are going to have to pay out to these uh, to these companies uh, has been re- reduced dramatically. And we also should, should note, many of these companies have gone out of business or they have stopped taking auto insurance uh, patients because they simply uh, cannot make the economics work. If you had to have a 45% haircut uh, to your right. pay, you also might have a hard time uh, doing business. the
0: job. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chad, quickly before we have to end, there, there, there is a, a lot of discussion about how this is separate from the cap uh, on, on fees. In other words, that this money would exist uh, regardless of that cap, that, that, that it's there, and that uh, there's enough money to do it, even if you were to go back and, and raise fees. Uh, just uh, We've got about 30 seconds. I know it's not a lot, but but address that point. Yeah, I
2: mean, the MCCA is a $27 billion trust fund. It's basically a pension fund, makes sure that people's care gets taken care of. Uh, and it's hard to understand how there's not um, enough money to continue to pay for normal costs uh, for 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 home health care and right. for spinal spinal cord, brain injury, uh, rehab, uh, when they were just taking $3 billion out of that trust fund. Um, and, and so that's, that's one of the big, uh, ongoing pieces of debate, uh, in the legislature is, is, is revisiting those, 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 those cost controls and, and loosening them a little bit so that these companies can actually make it, um, uh, and not, uh, not go out of business. Yeah. And because that essentially is, is, is,
0: uh, is limiting, uh, and stifling access to care right now. Right. right. Uh, there is an argument that we could do both of these things. Uh, and, and not have one affect the other. Okay, Chad Livengood, Senior Editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Always great to have you with us. Thanks so much. For Thanks for here. having me. It's is going to do it for us today. Uh, tune in tomorrow when we're going to talk about soaring gas prices again and whether you've thought a bit harder about buying an electric vehicle. Some experts say they are not the environmental silver bullet that many of us would like to think. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.